Yeah, I wanted to share a little bit before I get into the message, but yesterday I had a revelation, and I've had it a few times, but it's always a good reminder. I was uh, scrolling through pictures of my parents' trip in New Zealand, and they're over there, and they hiked like um, one of the, the big mountains, and um, I think it was like the Mordor scene or something like that from Lord of the Rings, and all of their pictures, and I started to feel... Like, when am I ever going to travel again? And, you know, I love to travel. And before I had kids, I traveled all the time. And I was uh, just kind of dreaming about traveling, which is fine. And I wasn't looking at my baby. I was nursing him. And all of a sudden, God was like, one day you're going to be traveling and you're going to miss this. You're going to miss the moment right now looking at your little baby. And I know it's hard because, you know, like he's up in the night still a lot. And I'm trying to sleep train. And last night I was like, oh, please sleep. I'm speaking today. And I was awake a lot of the night. So I'm like, if I go loopy or weird, it's all Brighton's fault. No, <laughs> But, but it, it's realizing, like, I remember a worship leader said to me, I wish I would have realized that I was living in the good days, you know. And, and God was just speaking that to me. You're living in the good days right now, Amy. You know, it's so easy to dream, and, and it's not a bad thing to dream, but, but to want to be there and want to be in, in New Zealand or on the beach right now, which would be nice. But it's just, no, like, being present, like John said in his message a while ago, being present in the now, right now, right here. My baby's only going to be this little for so long, and he's my last, and just enjoying that in all of its ups and downs, but really treasuring it. And so I just encourage you guys to ask God, you know, what, what can I enjoy right now in the moment? What, what are the good things that you've given me in the right now, you know? So this morning I wanted to speak how God is our only true refuge. There was a lot of words that I was kind of pondering over and like, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? I was thinking about speaking on pursuit and different things, but I kept hearing that word in my head, refuge, refuge, refuge. And uh, it's been something that I've been very radically living <laughs> You know, and so it's something that uh, I really feel um, amazing to speak on this morning. Think about what the word refuge means to you. When I think of refuge, I think of like a safe place, a place that I run to, a place that I can hide, a place that I feel comfortable in. What is your refuge? In an earthly sense, it can be your cup of coffee in the morning, you know, a good, a good uh, chocolate Got to have my chocolate and coffee together, right? And, uh, you know, a nice bath, the arms of my husband, you know, calling, you know, a good friend, my sister, and just chatting, and that feels safe. And all these things help, right? But there's no place, there's no refuge like the arms of the Father, right? <sighs> He's the only true refuge, the only true safe place. It's the arms of the Father, it's the love of Jesus, and it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the dictionary, refuge means shelter or protection from danger and distress, a place that provides shelter and protection, or something to which you run in difficulty. God is the strong tower, he is the rock, he is the protection for us, he is the lifter of our heads. And I think it's asking ourselves, what do we run to right away? What is our go-to, right, when things come up at us, when we're feeling uh, in pain, when we're feeling anxiety, when we're feeling stressed? 
and alone. And it's sometimes so easy, right, to think that even, you know, in our natural, we don't even think of it. Like naturally, spiritually, we should be thinking, yeah, God's going to save us. But it's so easy to run to all these other things first, right? And so, you know, it's easy to even think that your pastors can save you, right? I've talked to so many pastors, and we've been, you know, chatting. And one, one of our friends who are pastors were like, we literally had so many people saying, how do I, tell me how to live, tell me how to do everything. And they're like, I can't. Like, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Like, I can point you in the direction. I can lead you. I can encourage you, but I can't save you, right? He's the only Savior. Hmm. So I want to speak a whole bunch of verses of refuge over us. And if you want to just close your eyes and soak them in, that would be good. Psalm 62.8 says, Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Deuteronomy 33.27 says, The eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. Psalm 34.8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Psalm 34.22 says, But the Lord will redeem those who serve him, and no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Psalm 62.7 says, My refuge and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge and a rock where no enemy can reach me. So good. Psalm 119.114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Psalm 144.2 says, He is my loving ally, my fortress, my tower, my safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him and he makes the nations submit to me. And Nahum 1.7, which was my Opa's life verse, and it's on his tombstone. And it says, the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. And Hebrews 6.18 says, for God has given us both a promise and an oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And these are just a few of many, many verses in the Bible about God as our refuge. <sighs> they say that he's our strong tower, he is our help, he is our comforter, he is our safety, our shield, our rock. <sighs> he's everything that we need. Everything that we need is in him. I was thinking about a biblical example of this, and I was thinking about Nehemiah. You know, he was called to build the wall, to re, you know, bring the Jewish people back and rebuild the wall. And a lot of people were coming at Nehemiah, you know, and wanting to kill him, and they didn't want him to build the wall. And in Nehemiah 6, 9, it says, For they were trying to frighten us, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will never be finished. But now, my God, strengthen my hands. I love that. And there's been many times where I go to my pastor friends sometimes, and I'm like, how do you guys get through this? Or how do, you, how do you do this, guys? And they're like, we strengthen ourselves in the Lord over and over and over and over again. And that's what Nehemiah did. I love that. And of course, we all know that Nehemiah finished the wall. <sighs> he was able to do what God called him to do because he strengthened himself and he found refuge in God. When bad things come, you know, my, my default always used to be to turn into, you know, letting one little lie in 
And then before you know it, right, it spirals downward and downward and downward until, you know, like I was in my room covering my head with a pillow, wanting to die or just not wanting to go on. Life didn't seem worth living. And the enemy loves it when we entertain his lies, right? He's always willing to put ones in there. Life is too hard. It's never going to get better. You're stuck. I remember that was a big one I always felt. You can't handle this. I'm too tired. I can't trust anyone. It's never going to get better. Things like that, right? And the thing is that we need to retrain ourselves. It is, it is a process, and it is a fight. We're in a battle, right? We have to retrain ourselves to continually run to Jesus, run to him and say, I am not going to entertain this lie. I'm not going to let it in when it's coming at me. Instead, I turn and I face my Savior. I look into his eyes, right? Adam talked at the beginning of the year about fixation. What is our fixation? I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus and I'm running towards him whenever I feel like I can't handle this. You know, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm exhausted, God, and I can't help anyone, you know, and then you run to Jesus and he fills you up. I don't know how I'd do it without him. Recently, I was going through a really rough time, and I was feeling anxiety and stress, low grace and tiredness, and partially that's probably from having a newborn. <laughs> and I was just, I was crying out to God, and I was even shaking a bit, and I was just like, I, God, I can't do this anymore. I want to give up. I just want to give up. I just want to be a mom and do that, and that alone, you know, I just can't handle anything else. And I was really, really struggling. And I was having a prayer walk every day. It's like, okay, Adam, I'm going outside. I'm just going to walk with the Lord. And I would walk and, you know, I let, let it all out to God. And then I'd let God speak to me and I'd feel better. But then the next day it would come again the next day. And I was like, okay, God, I need breakthrough. Like Brighton started to get a cough. And he was like not sleeping at all for, I think, three nights straight. And I took him to the hospital. And we were just like, is he going to be okay and freaking out? And I was just like, God, I can't take this anymore. And I went to nurse him in his room, and I decided to just bring my wireless headphones. And I opened my phone, and it was open to my RTF recordings, which is my healing week, like we do an inner healing week. And at the end of the week, you get all these identity statements in place of your lies that are really embedded. They find your lies, and, and you get into it. And then you get all these identity statements. And it happened to be open to my identity statements. And I hadn't listened to them in, like, I don't know, almost two years. And so I just pressed on the recording, and it starts out with Amy. We want to read you these identity statements. And it's like, Amy, you are loved. Amy, you are valued. And it was five minutes of all these truths that I got in place of lies. And I just hadn't taken the time to listen to them in a long time. And it was like, you are treasured. You are a warrior. And it was just like I felt this peace and this life infusing into my spirit and this strength, and I'm like, this is who I am, this is who you say I am, so I can do this, because you are my strength, and then right after I put him down for the night, a lady from the church was like, Amy, can I call you right now, so I was like, sure, and I went into my room, and I picked up the phone, and I was like, hi, how are you doing, and she's like, you're not okay, and I'm like, no, I'm not, and she's like, can I just pray for you for a while? And I was like, yeah. And she just started to minister to me and like 
she was reading my mail. She had no idea what I was going through. And she was like, all of this, and you want to give up, and you're really angry, and you have no grace, and all of this. And I was like, yes, yes. And she just began to pray over me. And she's like, I feel like I see peace descending on your home and your spirit. And she was like, and Amy, I feel like there's going to be breakthrough. Hold on for breakthrough. I feel like even a shift is going to come tonight. And I was kind of like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. And that night, Brighton slept through the night, and the next day, his cough was gone. And, you know, and he hasn't fully slept through the night since then, but it was a breakthrough. And it, it gave me that strength to keep going, that strength to, you know, okay, God, I, you, you've got this. And I'm just going to press in and press in and press in, you know. And some things that I was dealing with, you know, got taken care of bit by bit. And I'm like, okay, God, I can make it. <laughs> and the more that you just say, okay, God, and you open yourself up, he actually strengthens you and strengthens you until you, I feel joy again. I feel life again. I'm excited again, you know? <sighs> you know, we all go through hard things. You know, we all have struggles, you know, and you feel like sometimes you get through one and then there's another one. And it's just letting God infuse his life and his truth into you. But I know that he is my hiding place. He is our refuge. And he will not disappoint. My friend the other day said that she was reminded of one of Jonathan Puddle's messages and he was talking about um, some different things to deal with anxiety. And one of them was to imagine the chair underneath you as God holding you. And so she was talking about the bed under her in her stress being the place that it's God holding her up, God strengthening her, you know, and this visual of God, you're here right now, just like this bed underneath me, just like this chair underneath me, and you're holding me up, right? And it's just that visual that helps you realize he's there and he's there for you. He is our safety and our strength and our rock. And my question today is, are you hanging on for dear life or are you letting go and falling into the arms of God? It's so easy to be like, I got this, I got this, I can make it, I can make it, I can, I'm not sure, right? Instead of being like, I'm done, I'm done, I can't do this. And falling back into his arms and being like, You've got to take over now, right? I was going to fall back, but I realized that, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> he's always there, and he's always there for you. He is not a condemner, but he is your encourager. He is not one who shames you, but he is one who comforts you. He is not full of anger, but he is full of love for you. And he is the only consistently safe place. We can't fully rely on anyone or anything else. You know, and sometimes you have to learn that the hard way. <laughs> I, I tried and I tried and I tried. You know, Melissa said a message a while back. She's like, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. I finally realized I can't do it. Like, I can't. I'm done. But the, the amazing thing is there's someone who can, and we were never meant to do it alone. 
You know, it's like the earth and the world, right, mindset. It always says, you've got it. You know, you're strong enough. You know, I'm, I've got it all. I've got what it takes, you know, and it's always about me, 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 and getting better and better instead of like, I, we need community. We need fellowship. This is why we, you know, we come for each other to build each other up, and the Holy Spirit is there in us, and he's wanting to be accessed. He's wanting us to pull on him and draw on him. And someone said to me, you know, that the Holy Spirit is like God's muscle in us. And the more that you use him, the more that you come to him, right? The stronger that that gets, right? And the more that it becomes normal. Hmm. Everything else and everyone else will let you down. The Holy Spirit within you is always ready to comfort you, to speak life, to bring truth and freedom, and always infuse you with hope and peace. John 14, 16 through 17 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. He will never leave you, and the world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and he will live inside you. And the amazing thing, guys, is not even Jesus could do it alone. Even Jesus was continually going to the Father, praying and filling himself back up. And I, I just read this last night, and I'm like, ooh, i got to put this in my message, so I wrote it down as extra. <laughs> John 16, 32 through 33, and these are the words of Jesus. And it says, But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when each of you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace on me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I was like, oh, so good. Because yes, it's not easy. Life isn't easy. Broken people hurt broken people. There's all these things going on in the, in the world, right? But take heart because he's overcome it. We can look towards heaven and know we have a place and we have, you know, a destiny. Jesus gave them this answer in John 5. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Je Jesus was like continually in prayer mode, right? Constantly going to the father. He is shown to pray in the Bible throughout the Gospels, um, alone in public, before meals, before important decisions, before healing, after healing, to do the Father's will, and among other things. And he also taught everyone on the importance of prayer, right? So prayer is a vital way to find a refuge in him, to connect to him, right? I go on my prayer walks and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm tired. Take this person. Take this. Take Brighton. Help me, you know, and I'm just releasing it all until I feel unburdened. I do that a lot. Like I name every single burden that I can think of that I'm carrying till I literally feel my shoulders like lighten. Sometimes I actually feel like there's like an arrow in my back and I pray through it till I feel like the Father pulls it out. Hmm. We need to continually pour out our heart to him, commune with him, and take time to then listen and let him fill us with his life-giving words, right? His truth is our refuge, and it's a safe place for our mind to rest. 2 Peter 1, 4 says, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. 
These are promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I love that. These promises enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human nature. Those identity statements that I listen to are some of the truth over my life, and with it comes peace. You know, it's like, this is the truth. I am not a failure. That was a huge one I always had. Like, I'm a failure. I fail at things all the time. I'm just going to disappoint people. And God was like, you're going to fail sometimes, and it's okay, because I've equipped you, and I've called you, and I'm for you. And that's one of my things that I, I always hang on to. When, as soon as I fail, it's okay. He's equipped me for this. He's got me. <sighs> Those truths are the refuge that I need. And we're called, right, to meditate on that truth, to continually renew your mind, it says over and over in the scriptures, right? Psalm 1, 1 through 2 says, What delight come to those who follow God's ways? They won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am meditating day and night on his true revelation of light. I love that. And the thing is, sometimes we're like, why isn't this happening right now? Why do I keep doing this, right? But it takes time to break a bad habit. It takes effort. We, you know, sometimes we just, like in some churches, right? It's like, it's all love. It's all good. It's easy. Nope. There's a cost to following Jesus Christ. There is suffering, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. We're in a battle. You know, sometimes I've been praying more like, open my spiritual eyes so I can see the battle. I want to fight the good fight. You know, it's called the good fight. We want to fight to have that time with Jesus. Fight through the distractions and say, I fix my eyes on you and nothing else, right? It says, I was reading um, online, it says it takes, on average, about 66 days to break a bad habit. So 66 days of continually turning to Jesus instead of the lies, you know, so we can't just expect, boom, done, I've got this, right? We've got to continually go after him and meditate and renew our minds. That's why when we do our healing weeks, right, they're like, listen to these identity statements over and over and over again until you get it. And then if you forget, go back and listen to it, right? So me going back and listening to it was a re, yes, okay, this is my truth. I am not going to let those lies in because I stand on this truth. It really is our sword. When the enemy is like, boom, we're like, truth, boom. <laughs> we need to retrain our mind, make God our habit, make running to him the thing that we do even when we don't want to. So, I want to go straight into ministry time and take some time for this. So, I want each of us to get a few I am statements. Yeah, you can play. Get some uh, music vibes up here. Uh, yeah. I want, so... If you're feeling something like, I'm not enough, or I don't think I can make it, or whatever it is, I want us to take some time and just close your eyes and receive a new identity statement. Even if it, you know, one word, I am a warrior, I am chosen, I belong, I am loved. <clears throat> so I just want to close our eyes, 
and I'm going to pray over you guys. And we're going to listen to Holy Spirit's truth. And even if you don't hear something, just cling to a promise from the word, like Jesus says that I belong to Abba. I am Papa's child, you know. I belong to a family. I'm a citizen of heaven, right? So Holy Spirit, right now, we invite you to come and speak to us. We thank you that you're always speaking to us, but we just pray that you would open our spiritual ears, that our minds would just focus on you right now. I just pray against all distractions, all lies, that they would come right now and bow to Jesus. I ask for your truth to flow in this place. Holy Spirit of truth, come and speak your words of life over us. And that in, in those words, we would find refuge. In those words, we would find peace. 